Welcome to the Small Baller Podcast. My name is Trevor Reddick, and as always, I'm joined by a man who is not very excited for the snowstorm, Brandon Siegel. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Uh, we were just talking. See, Trevor, this is how I know. You, you weren't even ready for this yet. You weren't even ready to come in live for this podcast uh, because we just talked about that 30 seconds before the podcast started. You know, this is this is one of the more unimpressive intros. I, Trevor, I'm going to rate this one a four out of ten. You know, I, I didn't like this one very I much. I had all of my bases covered. I was ready to go with all the topics, everything. This is the only thing that I forgot to prepare. So that's on me. Um, mm-hmm. You'll you'll definitely hear a, a better intro next week. That's for sure. All right, I'm excited for that. But you'll you'll make up for it in, in analysts. Um, of course, person who won't make up for it, an analyst, but will make up with his uh, amazing smiles and joy he brings to the podcast, is of course the third member of our podcast, Ben O'Brien. Ben, how are you today? Dude, I hate you because, like, <laughs> I just the way you said that, you're just you're the worst. <laughs> <laughs> I just the, the way you said that, it, it bothered me. I don't know why. Uh, but I'm doing fantastic. I'm happy to be here. I'm I'm, I'm in a great mood today. Yeah, Ben, I'm, I'm super happy to, to be here with you, too. Your Bengals won, which we'll get to. We don't need to get ahead of ourselves quite yet. We got other things to talk about before we get to the Bengals, uh, who played a, uh, a pretty good, well, you'd probably say not a good game, but they won, so that's good. You know, they got the W, but we'll Paul get matters. there in a little bit. That is all that matters, but we'll get there. Um, let's start off with the college football playoff championship game between Georgia and Alabama. Georgia ended up winning this one 33-18. Uh, I personally... I mean, I think all of us thought Alabama was going to win. None of us would have predicted that Georgia was going to win. Uh, Vegas won big time. Alabama was bet on heavily. Uh, it was like minus two and a half to Georgia, and Alabama got so much love for that. I still don't understand how Georgia was favored, but you know they pulled it off, and it, the game wasn't even close. Uh, Bryce Young didn't look all too great at all. He threw the ball almost 60 times. Somehow got outplayed by Stenson Bennett, who will not be in the NFL, and Bryce Young will be in the NFL one day. Uh, I will say, good news for Alabama, they have a lot of returning guys that should have been going to the NFL. Uh, Henry Toloto, the, the middle linebacker, he's like a projected second-round pick. He's staying. Um, so they got some some boys coming back. Um, but Trevor, I'll let you start this one off. What do you think about this game? And any final thoughts on the college football season as a whole? Man, Brandon really killing uh, Stetson Bennett's dreams there, making the NFL uh, right off the eh, bat. It's just, it's just the truth. <laughs> we'll see. You it's know. the truth. Yeah, it probably is. We'll, we'll see. Maybe it could you know, be a backup for a year or two and then move to, I don't know, the, you know, uh, being an accountant or something, something like that. We'll see. Or being a coach. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but yeah, I don't know if you guys saw, he, he was doing a, uh, a Raising Cane's like, like a sponsorship with them. So he was serving Cane's. Oh yeah. And everyone was joking on Twitter. They were like, this man really had his next job. <laughs> like he's just, oh, he's man. just there already. That's rude. <laughs> yeah. Jeez. All right. But yeah, I thought this was a really good game. Um, and, you know, we, we all did pick Alabama, right? And they weren't favored. But Alabama was the better team for the first half. They they were the better team. They had a little bit more success moving the ball. And it seemed like there were a few drives, right? Because, like, the first drive from both teams, we saw both quarterbacks almost fumble. We had Bryce Young, who I think he had the throw. And it's like, it seemed like maybe it's a fumble. No, it was an incompletion. Uh, Setson Bennett, I think, almost fumbled it on a play as well. A couple weird plays there and then after that it seemed like Alabama was starting to really move the ball they had a couple drives where they had a lot of success of course you know uh, you know a few of them resulted in, obviously a lot of them resulted in field goals for Alabama which really was unfortunate you know you got to got to score touchdowns got to get in the end zone um, but it seemed like Alabama was doing a great job of moving the ball and it felt like Georgia's defense was doing a great job of bending but not breaking. It seemed like, okay, Alabama, they get, you know, a good amount of yards here, you know, second down, third down. And then Georgia just makes a really big stop when it when it seems like Alabama is going to keep rolling. And they did that a few times in the first quarter, early second quarter. And I think that was huge for them because I think Alabama could have potentially got an early lead that would have made it very difficult uh, for Georgia to come back from. Like if they go up, you know, fourteen nothing, seventeen nothing, midway through second second quarter, like it seemed like maybe they could it at one point. Uh, then it would have been very hard for Georgia to come back from. But that didn't happen. They didn't let the game get out of reach, and then they made some big plays. You know, all it took 
for them to get the momentum was, you know, Stetson Bennett throws like a 40-yard bomb here. Uh, I remember that pass to, uh, I think it was uh, Pickens. He threw like a deep ball to Pickens in the first quarter. It was an incredible catch um, that really got the momentum for Georgia because they were having three and outs. They were having absolutely no success. And, and Alabama defense was really just getting a lot, a lot of pressure. They were playing really well. And then after you saw some of these big plays, that's when Georgia started getting the momentum. And once they got the, that momentum... Uh, you saw it kind of wear on Alabama, and then that just really carried throughout the game. And ultimately, uh, you know, that's kind of how we saw Georgia win there with a few big plays here and there. They get the momentum, and then, um, you know, Alabama just couldn't really respond from that ultimately. So really good win from Georgia in this game. Um, Stetson Bennett did play uh, pretty well throughout the game. I mean, no mistakes, which that's the key. Like, if you can avoid making mistakes— you know, if you're Stetson Bennett, that's that's all you really need to do. Make a couple big plays here and there, but don't make mistakes. And that was enough for Georgia to get the win. So, you know, good win for Georgia there. Um, but what do, what do you guys think about this game? The one quick thing I want to mention that's so interesting to me, there was no touchdowns for, I mean, literally almost three quarters of this game. And the final quarter in like one minute and 20 seconds had five touchdowns. So it was a very much a second half game. Uh, ben, final thoughts on this game before we kind of move on to college basketball. I'll let you wrap yeah. it up. I mean, it was it was kind of what you expected out of an SEC game. It was a, it was a tight defensive battle for most of the game, um, and and Trevor made a good, you know made a good point where Georgia did exactly what you need to do when you play Alabama. You just got to keep it close and hope that you can strike you can strike at the end, um, because if you let yourself you know get in a big hole against Alabama, you're not going to win that game. It's just not going to happen. Not against Nick Saban. Not against the, the talent that they have. Um, so Georgia being able to stay in the game, yes. There, you know, there were times where they struggled, and obviously Stetson Bennett looked very, very nervous. He looked super rattled his first drive of the game. Mm-hmm. Um, they were able to, and they obviously they had the talent to stick around to where they were able to strike at the end when it mattered. You know, that fourth quarter they kind of had that explosion uh, where they were able, where they were able to win by multiple scores. It made the game mm-hmm. look um, kind of out of hand when really it, it was kind of, it was a fairly close yeah, game for most of for it. Sure. Um, so I mean Georgia did exactly what the recipe is for Alabama. You got to keep it close and hope that you can do something at the end. Shout out Stetson Bennett. Um, Bryce Young calling himself an underdog is laughable. Stetson Bennett is the definition of an underdog. Um, we don't. I think it's safe to say that he will he will not play in any uh, high stakes game, high stakes games moving forward in his career. So you know he was able to turn out a very efficient performance. Went seventeen to twenty six, two touchdowns. He didn't he didn't throw a, a interception. Um, so he did exactly what he had to do based on you know the talent around that team. When you're a quarterback like Stetson Bennett, you just can't lose the game for your team. And he didn't lose the game for his team. He was mm-hmm. able to keep his team in it um, and get the ball to the playmakers, and that's exactly what, what he did. And he is now a national champion. Um, where it's funny you guys said he worked. He did that Canes commercial. He really shouldn't have to work ever again. He could probably open up a restaurant in you know Georgia's campus, and he will be totally fine. Um, I think he can live a fantastic life living in that you know that Georgia Athens, even Atlanta area. Um, because he will be, you know, remembered forever as as the guy that brought them the first championship in what was it like forty years or something. Mm-hmm. Isn't it interesting that just one last thing here, uh, the three top quarterbacks, supposed top quarterbacks, um, all got deals from Bojangles, Raising Canes, and uh, Zaxby's. We had uh, DJ, the, the, the Clemson quarterback. I don't want to butcher his last <laughs> yeah. name. Go ahead, just no, say, say, just say DJ. No, no. Yeah, DJ. He was awful. He threw more interceptions than touchdowns. JT Daniels, who didn't play, and Bryce Young, who ended up winning the Heisman, which you know is great. But Stenson Bennett ended up at the end getting the big sponsorship, handing out the chicken, and being the big man on campus. So it's interesting to hear how NIL deals affected all that, you know. Um, but let's let's move on to some college basketball topics. Um, Trevor, it seems like we've had some interesting games in this past week. So why don't you run us down a couple and uh, some games that you're excited to watch this upcoming week. Yeah, so pretty quick today. Um, we no longer have any undefeated teams. Uh, the last two that remained last week when we spoke on this podcast were USC and Baylor, and both of them uh, have lost since then. USC took a loss to Stanford, 75-69. to uh, You had Baylor, who took a loss to uh, 19th-ranked Texas Tech, 65-62. And Baylor also lost yesterday, again, to Oklahoma State. So two losses in a row for Baylor after starting 15-0. And also, both of them were at home. So, you know, we'll see if Baylor can turn it around. Uh, their next game is against my West Virginia Mountaineers. A uh, little, little nervous for that one, that's for sure. Um, so yeah, we'll see. <laughs> yeah, a little nervous after we got destroyed by Kansas. Uh, you know, might might have another one. It's going to be tough uh, against Baylor. So 
No undefeated teams. Um, some quick games. Just wanted to go through. Um, number four, Auburn. They beat Alabama 81-77. to This was a road game. Again, Auburn just continuing their great play. Jabari Smith, the future probably top three pick. And um, really their whole team has been very uh, fun to watch. And, I mean, they might be they might be a contender here for the title. They're, they're looking very good. Uh, you had Oregon, who pulled a big upset on UCLA. 84 to 81 um huge win for Oregon there because Oregon you know obviously they had high expectations from a lot of people from me included I picked Oregon to win the Pac-12 you know maybe a bad take although they seem to be uh turning it around here a little bit they beat UCLA and I think uh Oregon actually just won again yesterday um I believe against uh USC if I'm not mistaken yes they beat USC so USC another team with two losses in a row and Oregon getting two back-to-back uh, good wins there, um, which is definitely going to help their resume as they, you know, might be like a bubble team. So good for Oregon. Uh, one more game to mention: Kentucky, uh, number 18 currently. They should definitely be moving up after their absolute demolition of the Tennessee Volunteers, 107 to 79 for Kentucky, and that's pretty nuts. A lot of these wins for Kentucky, although they have taken, you know, a few losses here and they've looked inconsistent at times in their wins. They just absolutely destroy teams sometimes. They completely destroyed North Carolina, you know, about a month ago. Now here they are beating ranked Tennessee. Tennessee's a good team by almost 30 points, which is pretty nuts. Uh, you know, uh, Ty Ty Washington in this game had 28 points. He was 10 of 13. You know, the freshman guard, he's one to, to uh, look out for here uh, the rest of the season as Ty Ty Washington. He's another, you know, draft prospect here that might be a lottery pick. You know, I know there's a group of people that really like Ty Ty Washington, and there's another group that really doesn't believe in him. He's a little bit of a polarizing prospect. So it'll be interesting to see what Kentucky does going forward. And they actually play um, Auburn, the team I talked about before, coming up this week. That's one of the games that I wanted to uh, mention that you absolutely should be watching if you want to get into college basketball now that college football is over. Uh, Auburn and Kentucky are playing this week. I didn't even write down what day it was, um, but you can probably look that up. That'll be a great game. You have Purdue. Uh, they're going to play Illinois, another huge uh, Big Ten matchup there. Kofi Coburn and Jaden Ivey, the two stars of those teams. And then the last one is Michigan State in Wisconsin. Wisconsin has been on a pretty big winning streak here. Um, they have a star of their own in Johnny Davis. And then, of course, Michigan State doesn't necessarily have a star, but they have, you know, multiple really good players. And obviously, they still have Tom Izzo. So really good matchups there in college basketball um, here as we get closer and closer to March. Yeah, we, we've definitely got uh, some really interesting college basketball coming up. I, I'm super excited for March Madness this year, especially when I feel like, you know, I feel like in recent years we've had, like, teams at the top that were seemed unbeatable, but it doesn't quite seem like that uh, this year. Yeah, totally. Um, but, you know, we'll, we'll kind of have to, to wait and see. Uh, next up, let's go through some uh, NBA topics here. Uh, let's start off with this big, well, I guess it's not really that big of a trade. Big names, because they were high picks, yeah. but... Not really that big of a, a trade. Uh, Cam Reddish is now going uh, to the Knicks uh, from the Hawks. The Hawks got Kevin Knox and you know some picks, and the Knicks got Solomon Hill and a, a pick or two. Uh, but Trevor, break down this trade for us. I don't, I don't think we'll spend too long on it, but what do you think about this yeah, trade? Yeah, it, it's only big in the sense that this we finally got a trade, right? There have been like no trades, and the trade deadline's coming up in about a month, and we finally got one here uh, that's actually semi-interesting. Yeah, so the Knicks, um, they acquired Cam Reddish in a trade uh, from Atlanta, and uh, the Knicks were sent, uh, or they sent to Atlanta Kevin Knox in a 2022 first-round draft pick. Um, as well as, uh, I think, Solomon Hill in a 2025 second-round pick. So, you know, th this, is, this is kind of interesting in the sense that, you know, Reddish is now reunited with his former Duke teammate, R.J. Barrett. That's at least, that was my first thought. It's like, Reddish is reunited with R.J. All you got to do now is get Zion uh, over from the Pelicans. Maybe you can even get Trey Jones from the Spurs, and you'll get the band back together. That's what I would be interested to see. Um, but in terms of, uh, you know, actually, like, like, uh, figuring out how these teams are going to play. You know, Reddish was someone who did want to leave Atlanta. Um, there were, you know, 
things going around that he didn't really want to stay in Atlanta. He wanted a bigger role. Obviously, Atlanta has a ton of talented pieces um, that are kind of in a similar position as Reddish. You know, you have Kevin Herter, you have Bogdanovich, uh, you know, you have a number of guys, Gallinari, around Trey Young, and Reddish wasn't getting as many minutes as he would have liked. So now with the Knicks, we'll see if he can get some more time. You know, he's been a little inconsistent here and there. Um, the efficiency is not great for Cam Reddish, but he did have some games last year in the playoffs where he really showed what his potential could be. So we will see um, if this role on the Knicks is going to be better for Cam Reddish. Definitely going to have to really lock in on the defensive end if you want to play for Tom Thibodeau, which at times Reddish has shown he can do. So we will see um, going forward as far as the Hawks side of it. I think it's good that they got a couple picks here. Um, you know, Kevin Knox, unfortunately, has not been very good in general. So I don't know if he's really going to be a, a factor at all on that team necessarily. But the picks here could be part of a potential trade. You know, if Atlanta's looking to, you know, make a swing at, you know, another star to, to bring in with Trey Young, maybe they could look to do that now with all of the assets they have if they're really trying to go after a title. Um, so that's really the most interesting thing uh, for the Hawks side of it. Very, very interesting trade, to say the least. Cam Reddish, he's, he's one of my favorite players. He was mm-hmm. the, the player I chose out of that year to be my favorite, so I hope he succeeds in New York. Yeah. Um, let's continue with some NBA topics, though, Trevor. Um, talk about the Warriors a little bit for me. Yeah, so with the Warriors right now, um, you know, it's been interesting because they got Clay back, obviously, which that game has now been a week ago, um, so I don't want to talk about that game in depth, but Clay was back, you know, and his return, you know, shouldn't really be about like, oh, you know, analyzing Clay's game. How did he play? How was his defense? All this stuff. This is his first game. You know, he's just getting his legs back under him, you know, getting out there, gets to go out and run around and have fun, play basketball. But he did, you know, have some uh, surprising moments. He had a, a poster dunk on Cleveland Cavaliers' Lamar Stevens. That was like, whoa, like, okay. Um, <laughs> that was that was pretty cool um, for Clay. But just really a fun night. The Warriors got the win there. And it was good to see Clay back. And also, like I think the biggest takeaway is just the the love that the fans showed him, um, the love that his teammates showed him. Like it just is a testament to how important that they really feel that Clay is to their team. I mean, Steph and Draymond, you know, before the game were were you know talking about things. I think Steph was on Twitter like tweeting a couple things, and I don't know they were making like had like a tribute video for him and stuff. But it's really just a testament of how important he is to their team. And we'll see moving forward, um, you know, how he continues to fit back in with that team. Uh, But the other thing that I want to talk about is the Warriors have been without Draymond for the past couple games. Um, And they haven't looked so good without Draymond. They played the Bucs the other night and they got absolutely destroyed. And Draymond is really important to this team. I mean, if if that wasn't already clear. I mean, I think right now that he's the favorite for defensive player of the year. Um, he's kind of like the, the, I mean, he's essentially their point guard, right? Like he's the one that sets up the offense. He's the one that, you know, often finds guys, uh, for open threes and stuff like that. So he's really important for their team. Definitely want to have Draymond out there for the Warriors as the Bucks really just handled them pretty well. Um, now the other thing is that Steph, after his strong start, uh, you know, really being the MVP front runner has kind of cooled off a little bit. He had he has had a lot of you know cold shooting nights um, lately, and I think has really uh, fallen in the MVP ranks. I mean, he was number one maybe a month and a half ago. I don't think he's number one anymore. I don't know if he's necessarily two or three. Like he might be number four. I mean, Giannis, Durant, and Jokic are all you know in the running as well. So the Warriors mm-hmm. are you know they're still obviously playing well. They're still in the number two seed in the West, but just some things. Uh, to think about here going forward. Uh, One other team that I wanted to mention who has a key loss currently um, is the Bulls with Alex Caruso. And this is a little surprising, but the Bulls seemingly, with the loss of Alex Caruso... Um, are not are not playing as well. They've really fallen here in the last couple games. Um, they got pretty easily destroyed by the Warriors, um, and then also the Nets um, beat them down pretty good as well. So the Bulls have not been playing as good recently. Um, Caruso has been out for a little bit. Levine did not play in the most recent game. So you know, part of it is is just not having all of the players. But you know, you see with some of these other teams at the top. 
even when they lose an important guy, they can still kind of, uh, you know, pick mm-hmm. up the slack somewhere like the Miami Heat, by the way. You know, my Miami Heat have been picking up the slack for over a month now without Bam Adebayo, and they're still, you know, top three seed in the East. Um, so we'll see going forward with the Bulls. I actually get to go see them play here in another couple weeks, so that should be fun. Uh, last thing I'll just mention uh, for the NBA is a small baller of the week. That is Jared Allen. Jared Allen of the Cleveland Cavaliers, uh, my the second Cav I've spotlighted. Uh, here with this award. Jared Allen's been phenomenal. Uh, the Cavs are 4-0 in the past week, not counting the, well, I guess not counting the Sunday game, but Jared Allen's been really good, super mm-hmm. efficient, like he always is. Um, you know, double-doubles almost every game, and he has been a really good uh, defensive player as well uh, for the Cavs. He, he has a shot here at an all-star um, appearance. So, Jared Allen, a player who I have always liked, you know, when the when the Nets kind of let him go, which I think they kind of had to to get Harden, I remember mentioning, like, you know, it's great, obviously, that they got Harden, but they could really, you know, I think this loss might be a tough one for them here to lose Jared Allen. So, Jared Allen's been awesome for the Cavs. Yeah, I feel like the Cavs have so many great young players, and I'm excited to see how they can end up doing here. Um, but let's get to small talk trivia before we head on over to the NFL uh, today. Um, and what, what's our current scoreboard at, Trevor? Um, so you have taken the lead, Brandon. You have 10 points. Uh, ben has 9, and I am at 8.5. All right, so it's a close game. Close game. A- anyone could, could, could be coming back today. And Trevor, you could even make it to first place. Uh, today, first up asking a question is going to be you, Ben. Uh, you'll be asking me, and I'll be asking a Trevor uh, question following that. So, Ben, what is your question for today? All right, Brandon. I wanted to do... A playoff NFL playoff trivia question, but it's hard because a lot of the answers to pl- any and a playoff trivia question is going to be either the Patriots or Tom Brady. That's hard. I mean, they just got <laughs> that's most of the answers to any sort of record or anything like that. Okay. But I started looking at it a different light. So here's my question. Okay. And I'll even okay. tell you the answer is not going to be Tom Brady. It's not going to be the New England Patriots. I even gave you a little bit of hint there. But thank you, Brandon. What NFL team has the most postseason losses in NFL history? So the Patriots have the most. They got the most. I mean, wins. They have the most wins. Who has lost the most in the NFL playoffs all time? What team? Oh, that's going to be a tough one. I mean, I'd imagine. See, I, I think this is a tough question because you can go two rounds here. You can think of teams that have been historically not good. Or you can think of teams that have been historically good but not great, meaning that they make the playoffs a lot and lose. Um. So this is... This is a tough, tough question. Um, I, I, I don't know. This is this is a a tough question. I mean, I feel like the Patriots are probably up there, like at the top, in terms of of uh, playoff losses. So it's it's just playoffs, correct? Yes, just just postseason. Who has the most playoff losses? I. I feel like the Cowboys are a good answer. Um, I know they've been there a lot, and they've won a lot, but I just feel like they've also lost a lot. Um, so I, I feel like the Cowboys will be a good answer. I, I guess I'm going to go with that. I'm not sure. This is a tough question, Benny. This is a very tough question. I, I'll go final answer, Cowboys. I don't want to give too much uh, away to Trevor, but final answer, Dallas Cowboys. Brandon, that is incorrect. It is not Oof. the Dallas Cowboys. I will say, I like your thought process. I think that was a good guess, but that is not the answer. Dallas Cowboys is not the answer. Trevor, you have a chance. And, and yeah, Brandon, you know, I, I did my research. I made sure I couldn't find it on Twitter before I asked you this. <laughs> All right. Um, Trevor, you now have a chance to steal for half a point. Trevor, how or what team has the most postseason losses of all time in the NFL? Okay. The NFL team with the most postseason losses um, of all time in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Um, does this... I don't, I don't know if I can ask this. Does this stat uh, go before the Super Bowl era, or is it sin- just, oh, that is a good just like since the Super Bowl uh, era? I don't know if you have that. No, I believe it is all time. Before the Super Bowl era is, is included. <sighs> okay, so that makes it more difficult. Um, okay. Um, I think I still have kind of about four or five teams I've narrowed it down to. Um, four or five teams? The Cowboys were one of the teams, I would have said, and Brandon obviously – you know, said them so that at least it's one team I could scratch off from the teams I was considering. Um, mm-hmm. So most playoff losses, I think, so I have, so written down, I had Cowboys, Steelers, 49ers, Packers, 
Broncos and Bills. Um, and you could even maybe argue like like the Raiders, uh, maybe even, I don't know. The Yeah, I think that's pretty much it as far as most playoff losses. Uh, maybe there's a couple of missing that are up there. But, this, I mean, the Steelers, historically, they have a lot of playoff experience. They've been there a ton with a lot of, you know, great teams. The 49ers, Packers, Broncos, I guess the Bears you could even maybe throw in there as a, like, maybe the Bears even is a possibility. So, amongst all those teams, I mean, to have the most playoff losses, you have to make the playoffs a lot. You have to be very consistent. So, trying to think about a team who did that, I think the Steelers is a really solid answer that I could use. I think the Niners is a really solid one. Uh, man. You know what? I, I'm I'm going to go with my gut here, and I'm going to say that most playoff losses is the Pittsburgh Steelers. That's, uh, that's the answer I'm going to submit. All right, Trevor. Both of you are incorrect. Now, Brandon had the Cowboys. That was number two all-time. They've lost 28 games. The Pittsburgh Steelers are fifth all-time, Trevor. They've lost 26 games, okay? So you guys both had good guesses. But the answer is a team, they've been around a while, but honestly, I wouldn't have gotten it right either because it's kind of interesting. The Minnesota Vikings have lost the most playoff games of all time. They they have been to the playoffs 51 times, or 51 games, I should say, and they are 21-30 and all-time. They've lost 30 playoff games. That is the most all-time. Yeah, no chance. I was getting That was a tough one. I I feel like it really could have been, like it could be a good or bad team. You know, the only team yeah. I feel like it couldn't have been are the franchises that have been around. Yeah, the Jaguars, the Ravens, Jags, Texans. Yeah. I, I think are all. Panthers, yeah. I would have not picked, but pretty much any other team. I feel. I feel like there's probably a lot in the twenties. Is there not? What do you mean in the twenties? Like twenty twenty losses and more. Oh yeah, uh, I mean like more than half of them are all. In the yeah, that, that was a tough okay. question, Benny. But that good one. A tough question. I liked yes. it. All right. I am up next. Trevor, my question is for you. I predicted before the podcast, I think you'll get this question right. Um, so it is an NBA question. Um, so, Trevor, here's the question. Um, what player holds the top three spots in back-to-back-to-back seasons? So I gave you a big hint there. For the most rebounds in a single season. He holds the top three spots, and he did it in back-to-back. Actually, no, he did it back-to-back years, then skipped a year. I should say that. Okay, wait, wait. So, wait. Can you can you just re-ask it? I guess I'm a little basically. Confused. What player holds the record for the most rebounds in a single season? Okay, so the player. And your clue is he's he has the top three spots. Okay, so the player he has in five of the top ten in NBA history that has the mm-hmm. most rebounds in a single season. To- this is total rebounds, yes. not rebounds per game. But it's. I mean, it could be the same thing. But either. Yeah, yeah it probably will be. That too, but total rebounds, yes, total, the total. Number. Okay, so most rebounds in a single season in NBA history. So, um... Yeah. And as a clue, he holds five of the top ten or something. Okay. So, okay, so this is this is tricky because I don't know when they started keeping track of rebounds. Um, so again, I'm like... I, oh, I'm trying to, I'm trying to uh, think about the so timeline it's, it's here. Since, okay, hold on, I have a year. I have a year for you. It's since 73 and 74. Okay, okay, cool. Okay, that helps me. <laughs> that helps me tremendously. All right, good. So, yeah, that, that would have been very difficult if it was, was not since... Okay, so 73, 74. Okay, so most rebounds in a single season. Uh, there's, there's one name that came to my mind right away when you asked this question. That's probably the answer I'm going to submit. Um, but I'm just making sure that I'm not missing anyone here. Um, yeah, so I, I can't say any names here, but I I yeah, you can. I, I, th- I think uh <laughs> I think it's this player though. Most rebounds in a single season. Yeah. And it, and again, another hint is he's out of the top ten. He has five of the top. Yeah, it's five of the top ten, and this is since '73. So it can't yeah. obviously it can't be Russell or Will Chamberlain. That's you know that helped me. So yeah, I'm I'm just gonna submit my answer here. Um, I'm I don't want to say I'm super confident because I don't want to get it wrong and look stupid but i think the answer is dennis rodman and that's the answer i'm gonna submit final answer yeah that answer is incorrect i'm quite surprised i thought you would get this correct ben this goes to you 
Trevor, I'm so upset because I don't even have a guess. Like, I was just hoping you got it right because I don't Really? Like I thought um, you'd be able to get it too. Well, so, like, obviously I was like, it's either going to be Wilt or Russell. But once you said 73, 74, whatever, I was like, all right, well, that goes those, there goes those two answers. So now I'm, like, sitting here. Robin was a good answer. I would have never thought of him. I don't know why. I just would have forgot about him. I mean, like, you got, like, I know, I know Shaq, who it is now. you got Barkley. Um, I think. But I don't know. Like, I, I just can't think of any other big guys in the NBA. I think... I'm, so I'm torn of, do I think it's more of a recent player or more of an older player? I feel like I'm going to go more old school. Um, but I'm having trouble. Yao Ming, maybe. Um, I mean, we're talking like... Uh, Dikembe Mutombo is not a bad one. I think one. I know the answer is now. Um, but this, I know this is a tough question. Uh, Kim Olajuwon is, a t- is, a, is another name. Yeah. So I don't know. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on it because I have no idea. I'll go. Um, you know what? I just wasn't even who I was going to guess, but I'm changing my mind now. I'm going to go. Uh, no, I changed my mind. I'm not going to do that. I don't know, where, I don't know who to guess. Uh, I'll go Hakeem Olajuwon. That's my final answer. Okay. Well, who's the other person you were thinking of? Uh, Matumbo. Is it, uh, is it... Uh, Trevor, who do you think? Is it, is it Kareem? It is none of the players that you guys have Moses listed. Malone. <laughs> the correct answer is Moses oh. Malone. Oh, duh. See, I'm so... He has I, maybe so 20 seasons in the yeah. top 50. Where yeah, he, he does. He I does. I should have got that. Uh, he's got a lot of seasons. Uh, so, I, I'm, I'm unimpressed with all of you. I, I, I thought both of you guys would be able to get this question. Especially you, Trevor. Yeah. Especially you. Um, all right, Trevor, it's your turn to ask Ben a question. Okay. All right, so this is an interesting question today. Uh, you know, it's, it's relatively difficult, though, but I think, it, it, you know, it's, I think it's pretty cool. So, Ben, uh, which city has hosted the most Final Fours ever, like as of 2021? So most Final Fours as of 21, 2021, which city has hosted the most? Trevor, this is a fantastic question. I love this question. Um, is this... Do you know how far does this go back to? As long as the NCAA has been around, oh, the man. tournament's been around. Is that how far it goes back to? Oh man, I don't, I don't have that information um, in front of me. Um. Okay, okay, that's fine, that's fine. You don't have to give me that. Um, I love this question though because I always like trying to remember like what where the Final Four was each year. Now, re- thinking recently is probably not going to help me. I'm probably going to have to go old school. And I'm guessing there was you know back then there were probably not a whole lot of options of where to hold it. So like New York is probably the easiest one to think of. Um, but other than that, like I probably shouldn't be talking because Brandon can steal it, but. Um, I'm just trying to think of you know basketball. I have a guess. M- basketball meccas and and obviously like they have not been playing in these stadiums forever. So just basketball arenas that have been around for a long time. I'm not gonna spend a whole lot of time on this, Trevor. Um, I mean college basketball in general had was an East Coast thing for a long time. So I'm gonna go East Coast wherever I guess this. Um, and I I'm just gonna go I'm just gonna go Madison Square Garden. That's that's gonna be my guess. Um, it's, it's been around York, a while. You're saying. It's a city. You said what? Oh, what city? Yeah, okay, sorry. Yeah, so New York, I'll go to New York City. Okay, uh, New York City is incorrect. Uh, so, Brandon, you have an opportunity to steal for half a point. I have, an, I have another guess, too, but go ahead, Brandon. So, I, I actually would not have guessed New York City. What I would have guessed is Indianapolis, and that is what I'm going to guess. Indianapolis, final answer. Uh, no, Indianapolis is also incorrect. Oh, really? The, is it Philadelphia? That was, that, I thought of that, too. <laughs> no, it's not Philadelphia. The oh, correct geez. is it New Orleans? <laughs> no. No, it's not New Orleans. No, it's. Is this something stupid? Is this like a city that's like not really a city? No, it's so it's uh, Kansas City, Missouri, Kansas City. What? Oh, on, Kansas City, most most Final Fours as of twenty twenty one. Yeah, they have. I forget what arena it's what the arena is, but they have an arena that's hosted a bunch of tournament games there. Yeah, they have. They have them like in the early two thousands. I know. I'm pretty sure. Um, so yeah, Kansas. Come on, City. Trevor. That was that was a tough. <laughs> very very interesting all right well uh let's move on here i guess um to the nfl our final subject for the day um and let's start off with the games that we saw yesterday we'll go in order uh so ben it is your time to shine here uh first up we have the raiders in Bengals game um so weird weird game for sure um but uh ben what, what were your thoughts on this game your, your team pulled it out so it's funny because looking back to last week I told you guys, like, I was like, I'm very worried if the Bengals were to play the Chargers. Didn't want that. Didn't want them to play the Patriots for sure. And really didn't want them to play the Colts if the Colts made the playoffs. And, Brandon, you were like, well, every team's good in the playoffs. And I'm like, yeah, you're right. But I told you, I was like, not if the Raiders make it because I don't think the Raiders are that good. 
So luckily, the Bengals lucked out. They got exactly who I wanted them to play. And it worked out because the Bengals didn't play that well at all. I really don't think they played that well. Joe Burrow was fine. He was efficient. He didn't do anything bad. But as a whole, they just didn't play their best game of the year. But luckily, the Raiders just aren't that good. And obviously, they have weapons missing. Um, you know, They had two key defensive players out from the start. They had another one get hurt, um, I think, in the second quarter, third quarter, something like that. So the Raiders just, I think, it worked out to where... For, the, for once, the Bengals got lucky in their matchups. They had a favorable matchup. They didn't have to play their best game. Because um, if the Bengals played their best game, I think they could have won by a lot more. They settled for a lot of field goals in the red zone. Um, it's been an issue all year with the Bengals. They cannot score in the red zone. They settle for way too many field goals once they get inside the 20, even the 30-yard line. Um, so the Bengals, you know, keeping that game close was kind of uh, was their fault. And obviously, it came down to the end. The Raiders have to run a fourth-and-goal play, and, and, and Jermaine Pratt interception ends the game. Um I was worried, but I, I was I was I was scared going in because I really thought the Bengals were going to win. But I was like, ah, maybe I shouldn't be thinking that. Um, but they're the better team, and and I I was confident that they're the better team, and I was confident that they had the better quarterback matchup. And that's always a bit you know a big deal when you get to these playoffs is who's the better quarterback. Um, so yeah, and I'm thrilled. And it, it's funny like this whole curse thing. 31 years ago, the last time they won a playoff game was against the Oilers. Their first loss that started this whole curse was against the Raiders. They ended this curse with the Raiders. Um, so it's just an awesome day for the city and, and, and impressive to Joe Burrow because I remember talking to people even a year ago and I remember saying if Joe Burrow can get just get to the playoffs in the second year that'd be amazing I'd be thrilled that's all I mean that that'd be the best case scenario that Joe Burrow got this team to the playoffs this year and the fact that he got them to win the division get a home playoff game and win that game um, it's just incredible and it, it, I don't think anybody expected this at the beginning of the year for the Bengals to one make the playoffs and two win a game in the playoffs so I mean, shout out to 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 Joe Burrow and, and the rest of that team because I mean they're a good team and and I, I don't, we don't know at this point when we're recording who they're going to play next week but I mean if, as long as Joe Burrow's on the Bengals I I have confidence that they can at least hang with any team in the NFL so um, obviously I'm thrilled I'm very happy it's been I don't know 30 hours since the game's over and I'm I still I'm still on top of the world I, I will feel like this for a long time because again first time in any of our life lifetime that we have seen the Bengals win a playoff game so doesn't happen very often, so I'm going to cherish this moment for sure. Yeah, but I think you hit the nail on the head. Joe Burrow is a fabulous, fabulous quarterback. I don't think the Raiders are nearly as bad as you give them. Like, you're not giving them enough credit at all. Um, and I also agree that the Bengals did not play their best game. 3.3 yards per rush. Uh, not not a great amount uh, there. 25 rushes, too. They rushed the ball a lot and just didn't seem to you know rush it that well. They're going to need to do that to uh, keep on playing well in these playoffs. But the Raiders are not a bad football team at all. They have a solid defense, really good defensive front. Um, and the Bengals gave it to them, uh, 7.1. Uh, Trevor, any other final thoughts before we move on to our next game? Yeah, I mean, like Ben said, the Bengals should have won this game by more than 7 points. Um, they really just left a few touchdowns on the table. Um, but overall, like, the way they moved the ball, uh, you know, it was really solid. I was impressed. Obviously, again, every time I watch Burrow, I'm usually impressed. Um, it's just like, for me, it's like the play calling, like they, they need to find some plays like to go to, you know, in the red zone where they know, okay, we have this play in this situation. We, we know how to execute here. We practice this enough. And I think that's something that'll probably come with more experience, you know, with Zach Taylor and, and obviously Joe Burrow, you know, this is only Burrow's second year, you know, Zach Taylor obviously doesn't have really playoff experience. Um, so yeah, I think that'll come with experience. Uh, the th- it didn't look like that at all, though. I mean, I don't... I, see, the thing is, I don't think that Zach Taylor did a great job yesterday. That, I mean, that's really my main criticism um, of, well, the Bengals' offense. Obviously, the defense has, you know, some injury issues, and that, that was a different thing because the Raiders were really having a lot of success uh, running the ball, it seemed like, at times after, you know, they yeah, had a couple of injuries, which that's the biggest concern for next week against the Titans team. Um, who is more well rested, obviously. So you know, especially since Derrick Henry is supposed to come come back. Um, so I, I definitely be worried about worried about that for sure. Um, but the Bengals, they they can't leave these touchdowns. Um, they they have to you know execute in the red zone uh, because when you go against a better team, obviously you can't you can't win with a bunch of field goals. Yeah, and no, I, I I agree. But let's move on to our next game. Uh, which was really a thrashing. We had uh, Patriots and Bills. Bills ended up winning this one by 30 points, 47-17, and they are the first team in NFL history to have a touchdown on every single possession. No punt, no field goal, no uh, you know turnover on downs, nothing like that, uh, which is quite amazing. Josh Allen's quarterback rating was a 98.5, 157 
5.6 rating. Uh, it's crazy numbers. Five touchdowns, 300 yards. Uh, super efficient, 21 for 25. Uh, you know, New England just couldn't quite keep up. Mac Jones is not as good of a quarterback as Josh Allen is at all. They had no sacks on the day. Very uncharacteristic uh, to the New England defense. Uh, but, uh, Carol, I'm going to start off with you. This is one of your two teams you like because uh, Tom Brady played there once in his life. So what, what do you think about this game? Yeah, um, well, first of all, um, all the all the dome jokes about oh the Bills and Josh Allen, you know, we should be a dome quarterback. Let's let's cut that out. That's nonsense. Um, you know, I was reading some of them and I was laughing at some of them, but uh, you know, cut that out because Josh Allen had five touchdowns and he only had four incompletions. Like that, that's all you need to know. That's all you need to know. It's crazy. Four incompletions, five touchdowns. That's insane. Uh, he was so good yesterday. Uh, the Bills were unstoppable. I mean, there was no way that the Patriots had any chance of winning that game. And and by the way, like Tom Brady, if he was quarterback, wouldn't have won that game for the Patriots. No quarterback would have won that game for the Patriots yesterday against the Bills. That's how unstoppable their offense was. Um, and this is a Patriots defense that was playing well throughout the year. But, you know, you have an injury here, injury there. And just really, I, I, it's hard to figure out exactly what it was because – um, really, it was just that the, the execution, the game planning with Brian Daybaugh and the offense was just next level. I mean, some of the some of the things they did to, to get guys open, Josh Allen, obviously, with you know his ability to run the ball, which Josh Allen, he's got to be one of the top, I don't know, three, four running quarterbacks in the NFL. I mean, I, I don't know. We'd have to go through it. Lamar's one. Uh, I'm not sure who number two would be. Maybe Kyler Murray or Jalen Hurts or I don't know. But Josh Allen might be like three or four as far as running quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. And then he can also pass the ball, you know, better than almost every other quarterback besides maybe a two or three of them. So Josh Allen was incredible yesterday. That's kind of like another weapon they can unleash is his running ability because in the regular season, you don't necessarily want him running as much, you know, because, you, you know, you worry about health a little bit. But now in the playoffs, you know, you don't leave anything to chance. You know, if the best play is for him to run it, even if he, you know, takes a hit here and there, you do it because the Bills are trying yeah. to win a Super Bowl and they're absolutely capable of it. Um, you know, I even before this game, I thought they were going to win the AFC. I still think that. And now I'm starting to think they might win the Super Bowl. I don't know. It's 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 a close. I, I want to see some of these other teams play. Um, but the Bills look very good. Uh, now on the Patriots side, um, I, I didn't expect the Patriots to win yesterday. I was hoping it was closer than it was, obviously. But I didn't expect them to win yesterday. Young team, rookie quarterback. Um, I would have obviously liked to see the defense play better. Um but nevertheless, I think the Patriots, you know, going forward, they seems like they probably do have their franchise quarterback. And um, even though the defense wasn't good today, I still like a lot of the pieces they have, uh, younger pieces on the defense. So, um, you know, this wasn't the year for the Patriots. We'll see if, you know, in the next year or two, they can... I mean, um, this is the rebuilding. Yeah, year. I mean, this... Yeah, right. So and they like, made the playoffs. Yeah, they made the playoffs, exactly. So... I think if you're a Patriots fan, like, you can't hope for, like, really, you should be very happy, and I am very happy with how they played this season. Um, And, yeah, I mean, again, like I said, the Bills, they're going to go up against the Chiefs, and I really cannot wait for that matchup next week. Again, I think the Bills are going to win. I'll just say that. I don't know what you think, Brandon. Well, they got to, the Chiefs got to win. The the Chiefs got to win, but they're playing the Steelers, so, you know, uh, we'll we'll see. Uh, But, yeah, very good game from the Buffalo Bills. Yeah, I one thing I do want to emphasize. I mean, the Bills are really a great football team, but the, the, this is the Patriots' rebuilding year. This is this is not the year they expected to make the playoffs. And honestly, Ben, I think we could say the same thing about the Bengals too. I, yeah, I'm not saying absolutely. they're rebuilding necessarily; they're probably out of the rebuild phase. But I I don't think there was an expectation of making the playoffs at all. So, um, oh, would you agree with that, Ben? I, I, I no, absolutely. Yeah, yeah I so I think I think both of those teams should be you know big pat on the back. Uh, the AFC is in good hands. There's a lot of good football teams in the AFC uh, moving forward. Um, so we'll, we'll continue here uh, and get to our games that are happening today and tomorrow. Uh, today being the 16th on Sunday. Um, so let's start off with our 1 o'clock game. Uh, and, uh, Trevor, I'm going to go back to you uh, for this. we got Eagles, Buccaneers. Uh, the Bucks 13-4, Eagles 9-8. and eight. Uh, Many people say the Eagles haven't beaten a playoff team this entire year. Uh, it seems like they might get punched in the mouth a little bit. Uh, what do you think about this game? Yeah, so I told you guys yesterday, uh, I'm going to stop being a superstitious. I'm not going to abstain from anything. 
Uh, you know, so I'm not going to do that. This is a horrible matchup for the Eagles. Like, it's it's a mismatch on paper. Uh, they played them earlier in the regular season. And yes, you may look at the score and it says 28-22, but that very much misrepresents what type of game that was. Uh, the Bucks were up 28-7 to um, early in the second quarter. They were absolutely dominating. Uh, and Tom Brady was completely picking apart uh, a very predictable defense in the Eagles that, that runs a lot of zone. They try to pressure the quarterback, but they're not going to have much success against the Bucks. And yes, obviously there's no Godwin, you know, no Antonio Brown, but against this particular defense, it won't matter. It might matter against another defense like the Rams or the Cowboys or, you know, one of these other teams they could face, the Cardinals, the Packers. It's not going to matter against the Eagles because he's already picked them apart once. It's going to be the same type of thing. And I don't think they're going to let off the gas in the same way they did in that regular season game. Now, obviously, you know, some people are going to argue, well, the Eagles run game, it's had a lot of success lately. Uh, and the Bucks' run defense isn't as good as it was last year. All those things are true. Um, but ultimately, if they can, you know, stop the run enough, you know, if they can just make a big play on third down here and there, you get to a point where the Bucks can be up 14 nothing early and the Eagles have to get away from the run game. So that's kind of what I think is going to happen today. That's what I expect to happen. And um, uh, I, I don't expect this game to be close. Yeah, I, I'm fully with you. Not a lot more to add, uh, Ben. I'm going to move this game right on over to you, Bucks and Eagles. Will it be a thrashing? So, like, I don't. It's the playoffs. Like, I don't think it'll be a thrashing. It, it, you don't see blowouts very often in the playoffs, even though I guess we've seen one. <laughs> yes. um, yeah. I don't think it'll be a blowout, but yeah, I, I don't think the Bucks are going to lose, and I'm not afraid to say that. I, I, I do like that. You know, the, the, by the time somebody's listening to this, the game's already over. Yeah. So Trevor essentially guaranteed a, a Bucks win. I so do. I mean, mm, you never know what's going to happen. You never know what's going to happen. Trevor, Trevor, no longer is superstitious. I'm still very superstitious. Um, hey. But I, I think the Bucks are going to win, um, and I don't, I don't think it's ever going to come down to where I'm like, I, like, I don't think it's ever going to be in danger. I think from, I think it'll be probably a wire, wire, wire to wire victory. I think they will be in control most of the game. Again, they have the better team. Um, knock on wood, but Tom Brady doesn't typically lose first round playoff matchups. Usually he's above that. Uh, you know, it's happened before, but um, I, I think as a Bucks fan, I, not, I'm not a Bucks fan, but as you know, somebody that was a, or I can't talk. <laughs> if you are a Bucks fan, sorry, you should not be worried about this game. I think they will be okay. Yeah. Um, and I expect them to win by double digits. That's what I'll say. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to quote a very famous man here to, to wrap this up. Trevor, you will not get this quote. Ben, I know you will get this quote. As Michael Scott famously says, I'm not superstitious. I'm just a little stitious. I'm just a little stitious, yeah. Yes. Let's uh, let's move on here to the 49ers-Cowboys. Um, I'll actually start this one off. Some people think this game is going to be close. The line's only minus three uh, to Dallas. I, I just don't see it being that close. Uh, I say the Cowboys win by like 10 points. I, I don't think the Niners are a bad team at all, and I think they have some players that are really, really great in their team. Like Debo Samuel is a great player. Um, but ultimately, one of them has Dak Prescott, and the other one is Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo is just not nearly as good as uh, Dak Prescott. I say the Cowboys bring this one down um, and win by 10, maybe even more. Uh, but I, I don't think this will be an overly close game at all. Uh, ben, your thoughts on this game? Yeah, I, I definitely think the Cowboys are the better team, obviously. Um, and it, it, it's easy to take the home team in playoff games because it's so hard to win a, a road playoff game. It's hard to win a road game in general in the NFL, but winning a road playoff game is so difficult to do. Um, and the Cowboys have the, you know, the better talent. I, I referenced quarterback matchups earlier when I talked about the Bengals. I think the Cowboys have a better quarterback, obviously, in Dak Prescott. Um, it, it really, I do think, will we'll come down to Jimmy G and his performance, and I think that's kind of been the story of the 49ers all year. They have talent. They, I mean, obviously, they have a phenomenal tight end. They have great receivers. They have a uh, you know, they have good running backs. Um, they have a solid defense, but I, I think it's going to come down to the play of Jimmy G, and I just don't think um, against this Cowboys defense that's been good all year, um, and it's going to be a tough atmosphere to play, and I just don't think Jimmy G has what it takes to, to go and get a really, really tough road playoff win that they're going to have to do. So I would expect the Cowboys to win by, yeah, I, I agree with you, Brandon. I think they'll win by more than one score, maybe 10 points or so. Hmm. Yeah, for sure. Trevor, final thoughts on the Niners-Cowboys game. So I actually uh, disagree with you guys. Now, I, I went I went okay. back and forth on this game. Um, I think it's a total toss-up. It's really v very hard to decide for me, but I'm actually going to lean toward the Niners here. I'm actually going to take the Niners to win. It's very much 50-50, uh, but I'm going to take the Niners. I think, yes, like Dak obviously is a better quarterback than Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, you know, that's for sure true. Um, but I, I look at the talent that 
uh, San Francisco has. Obviously, you have Debo Samuel, who's really just like a huge X factor for them. Uh, he can make a lot of plays on a lot of weeks. And, you know, the 49ers, like they're a team that can really hang in there. Uh, they play pretty solid defense. They won a road game in overtime against the Rams last week. Um, so I, I think they're fully capable of winning a road game um, in the playoffs. And then you look at the coaching matchup, and I think the coaching matchup is advantage Niners. I mean, you have Mike McCarthy versus uh, Kyle Shanahan. I agree. I yeah. think I'll give the advantage to the Niners there. Um, so it, for sure, it's a close game. Definitely a toss-up to me. Um, but ultimately, I, I'm taking the Niners. You know, I, I don't fully trust the Cowboys' defense as much as maybe other people do. I know Micah Parsons has been incredible, and, you know, Diggs, obviously, with all the interceptions. But, um, you know, I think Jimmy Garoppolo is at least going to have a fine game. I don't think he has to have a great game, and he probably won't have a great game, but he just needs to have a fine game, you know, control the ball. Um, you have players like Debo Samuel to make, you know, great plays for you. You have, you know, George Kittle. You have, you know, playmakers on the team. And I think the defense is going to do a pretty solid job. Um, but I, I have the Niners winning. This is the game that I, I'm most excited about uh, of, of the four yes, games we absolutely. have left. Yeah, th this one will definitely be the best one for sure. Uh, but up next, I don't think this one's going to be that good, and I hope it's a uh, a little bit of a beatdown. We have Chiefs and Steelers. All three of us don't like the Steelers. Um, it seems like, Trevor, you don't like the Chiefs because Mahomes may or may not be better than Brady at this point in his career. Uh, but that's up for dispute. That's not true. Uh, I hope the Chiefs win, and I think they'll win by a lot. I expect like a two- to three-touchdown win. I know it's hard to do in the playoffs, um, but the Chiefs are just too good. I, I really don't think the Steelers are that great of a football team in a slice bit. Uh, Roethlisberger's at the end of his years. Uh, it's honestly amazing that he made the playoffs, but Ben, what are your thoughts on this game? Yeah, I mean, I, I said I'm very superstitious, and I'm not worried about jinxing this at all. I, I'm, I'm almost 100% positive I think the Chiefs will win this game. Um, it, like you said, it, it's a miracle the Steelers even kind of made the playoffs because they're not that good of a team. I really don't think they're no. a good team. Ben Roethlisberger's been terrible all year. I mean, he's a shell of himself. He Watching him play is, like, painful. He looks like he's in a lot of pain when he plays just in general because he's old and he can't throw the ball as well. His strength is terrible at this point. He can't move. Um, and, and the Chiefs are a really good team. So I, I think the Chiefs will win by a lot. The spread's 12-and-a-half. I would not be surprised if they win by 20 points. I mean, they played not that long ago, and what, it was a 30-point game. Um, so... Again, credit to the Steelers. I hate them, but you know, good for them for making the playoffs, even though they almost didn't. Um, but they're just going to be in over their heads with this Chiefs team. I mean, they're going to they're going to struggle on offense. They're going to struggle on defense. I just can't see any way that the Steelers pull this game out. Maybe it'll be closer than a twenty point game, but um, I just really can't see any sort of formula for the Steelers to win this game, other than you saying, "Well, Ben Roethlisberger, it's something special. It's his last year." I, I get that, I do, but when it comes down to it, especially in the playoffs. These stories are awesome, and it's a cool story that, that he made the playoffs and you know what is probably his last year. But and this is real life, man. It's not a movie. The Chiefs are the better team. They're probably going to end his career tonight, and I would not be surprised if it's by a lot of points. And also, yep, I yeah, go ahead, and if also if the Steelers won this game and it was like Ben, you know, his last stand, I think that'd be a bad movie personally. But that's that's my personal opinion. I agree. I'd, It'd be a terrible movie. I wouldn't watch it. <laughs> That'd be a bad movie. I wouldn't watch it. Um, yeah, I mean, these teams played in the regular season. The Chiefs dominated them 36-10. to 10. Um, The only chance the Steelers have is to is that their Steeler, is that their defense keeps them in the game. Uh, they really have to rely on their defense. They're going to have to force some turnovers. Mahomes is going to have – like, basically, they have to make Mahomes impatient, which at times this year – he has been, you know, like he, he likes to look for the deep ball. He's not as willing to go with the short passes. If the Steelers can kind of keep everything in front of them, not allow, you know, like deep plays and huge plays, then maybe they can make him a little impatient. Maybe he can make a mistake. I don't know. This is kind of a reach ultimately, but this is kind of the hope for the Steelers because I think their offense is pretty terrible. I mean, Ben's not very good. Their offensive line isn't very good. Yes, they have, you know, some pretty decent receiving, you know, weapons, uh, but I don't trust their offense, and they're not going to be able to keep up with the Chiefs. So I think the Chiefs are going to win this game. And, um, yeah, I, I don't really – I don't know. I guess this one has more potential to be close than the Bucks game uh, just because of the Steelers' defense, I guess. But I still think the Chiefs win this relatively easily. You know, maybe like maybe like two touchdowns, 17 points. Like I would say something along those lines. I, I think this game will for sure be a bigger margin than the Eagles box. I mean, the Eagles have the best run D in the league, uh, statistically. 
And I think the Bucks also have one of the best runs in the league. I could see that game being more low scoring collectively. I think the Bucks. Uh, but we'll, we'll I think the Bucks could pass every down and still win the game by twenty points. Honestly. Oh no no they they yeah. I think they could. <laughs> we'll see if they do. Um, last game, which is tomorrow on Monday, uh, we have the Cardinals Rams. Uh, this is bound to be a, a pretty solid game. Trevor, what is your take on this game? Yeah, I mean, this is another interesting game just because, you know, same division. These teams have already played each other twice. Um, and divisional games like this are for sure hard to figure out. So this is another interesting one. Um, right now, I just think that the Rams are the better team, ultimately, the way they have been playing lately compared to the Cardinals. It's not like the Rams are setting the world on fire, uh, but the Cardinals have, have fallen a little bit. They haven't been... And uh, they haven't been playing as well, obviously. So I, I think this is going to be tough here for the Cardinals to kind of overcome. Um, this game is, you know, the Rams are the home team. You have uh, a, pr- a pretty solid uh, quarterback, obviously, Matthew Stafford. I know, you know, people have been, you know, pointing out, you know, how he's been bad at certain times. But if you look at his overall numbers, they're very good. Overall this year, Matthew Stafford has been very good. Um, you know, and I think that he'll have a pretty good game. Yes, like the Cardinals have, you know, a decent defense at times. You got J.J. Watt and, you know, their, their defense has been pretty good. But I think the Rams are the more trustworthy team um, in general. And I think one-on-one trying to cover uh, the receivers, particularly Cooper Cup, is just going to be too difficult for the Cardinals. That's really the matchup that I like for the Rams is uh, one-on-one uh, the Rams receivers versus the secondary of the Cardinals. That's really where I think the Rams have the edge. Yeah, I, I'm so excited for this game because I mean the Cardinals have not playing, been playing as well as of late uh, at all. Uh, definitely a, a decent dip in in their production. I mean, you look at their their last summer games; they were what four and six or something, and their last you know oh so many games. Uh, they did beat the Rams though, um, so it's it's going to be interesting in in that aspect. But I think one thing to mention is that uh, you know you look at Stafford; he hasn't been playing well at all over the past no. couple games. So I think this one is going to be a really, really good game. I, I also think the Rams will take it, but I would not be surprised if the Cardinals pull this one out. Ben, why don't you wrap up the podcast for us today? Yeah, this is a this is a great matchup, and I think anytime you got two divisional opponents, you know, playing each other in the playoffs, obviously it's the playoffs, so you can say like records don't matter, or whatever. But I really don't think how good these teams are really doesn't matter because these teams are so familiar with one another. They've already played twice this year. It really is. Um, if you're going to see like you know a quote unquote upset in the playoffs, this would be the game because these two teams are very familiar. They know how they know each other. Um, they're familiar with how they work, what they run, what schemes they do. So, um, I said earlier, I, I think it's hard for a playoff team to go into a visiting uh, you know a stadium and win. But I I, I think I'm going to take the Cardinals here. Um, and again, part of it is because there's these divisional they they're so familiar with one another, mm-hmm. um, and like you said, both of these teams, the Rams and the Cardinals included, they're kind of hobbling into these playoffs. I mean, the Rams have looked not great these last two weeks, right? They lost to the 49ers in the last game of the regular season at home. Um, they barely beat you know a JV team otherwise known as the Baltimore Ravens a couple weeks ago. And Matthew Stafford mm-hmm. looked terrible for that, and I know that because he was my fantasy quarterback, and I lost in the championship because of him, but whatever. <laughs> um, so I think I'm going to take the Cardinals just because – I have not been impressed with the Rams recently. And again, yeah. I get the Rams are probably the better, more talented team, but they're familiar, they're familiar with one another. Um, they play, they play each other all the time. I, I just think this is the time to take the road team. I'm going to take the Cardinals again. I, I don't know. I think it's, I hope it'll be a close game. And I think it will be, but I'm going to go with Kyler Murray and the Cardinals. Why not? Yeah, it's, it's definitely going to be an interesting one. That that's my favorite game of the week, I think. Um, but last thing before we wrap up the podcast, I need to mention this. One of my dear friends, Aaron Dobus, reached out to me and actually had a correction. No, dude, you don't have to. Just cut it out. It's history is history, right? It doesn't matter. Whatever happened in the past doesn't matter. Ben, last week on Trivia, asked a question about, it was like, what uh, rookie quarterback, what was the last time a rookie quarterback started, like the first game of his career, week one, and won that game. And won, yeah. Um, And correctly, uh, my good friend Dobus reached out to me, and he said that is correct if it was the number one overall pick only. But he referenced two other quarterbacks recently that have done more recently than uh, David Carr. Or was it Derek? It's David Carr. 
was the correct answer. Yeah. Um, that have done it according to how you asked the question, which is Joe Flacco and Stan Darnold most recently. So, saying that, uh, we might have to think of a, uh, you know, a way to make it up in terms of no, point we values. should not because none of you, neither of you, guessed those two the, the correct answers anyway. You <laughs> See, didn't guess get, Stan Darnold, Joe Flacco. The reason we guessed anyway. differently was because of how you asked it. Not really, because I thought you were under the impression that I asked it that way, where it was any quarterback. I guess that is true. So maybe we won't make a difference, but big shout-out to Dobras. Thank you for listening ma- the podcast. It doesn't matter. What does it matter? Yeah, I mean, forget <laughs> yeah, it. Ben, you're, you're done here. You're the one who asked the wrong question. Big shout-out to Dobras for uh, yeah. you know texting me, reaching out. I uh, wanted to give yes, you a shout-out thank you for podcast. listening. Pre- we really appreciate it, especially me, for making me look stupid. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. But I, we really do appreciate it. Thank you. I, I think it's great to wrap up the podcast right here as we make Ben look stupid. Uh, for the day. So thank, thank you all you, so yes. much for listening. We really, really appreciate all the support on the podcast. Uh, of course, follow us on Twitter at the Small Baller. I don't know when all of our podcasts go live or click the link in the description. Um, leave a five-star review if you enjoyed the podcast and, of course, subscribe. But with that being said, thank you all so much for listening. We'll see you guys next time. Go Falcons.